Let's do it. What's up? Our friends tuning in in Porch Live, Tulsa, Scottsdale, Boise, Idaho, my friends in Dallas. What's up? We are back having awakened guest speakers, all the things. We're back kicking off our fourth night of our dating series, Dateable. And I know we had some people upset uh, after Is He Dateable? We're like, yeah, next week, Is She Dateable? And then next week didn't come. And the next week didn't come. People were knocking on my DMs. I had a mom in my DMs like, you said next week, is she dateable? And I'm like, you're married. And then I'm like, she's like, my daughter. I was gonna say it to my daughter. And I was like, well, to that mom, if you're listening tonight, we're here. We're here now. And uh, just so excited. And like I said, if you didn't join us, basically what we did a few weeks ago is got to just walk through three questions that girls should be asking and guys should be even asking themselves concerning, hey, is this guy that I potentially will be dating, is he dateable? According to God's standards, not culture, what I want, but what God wants. And tonight, this one is for the boys, okay? Tuesdays tonight are for the boys. If you're a guy in the house and you're ready, let me hear you say, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it, manpower. But before I get to that, uh, I would like to introduce you guys to a friend of mine uh, and his wife. This is Ryan and Becca. Ryan and Becca Michael. And these two individuals are really special, um, have been through a lot this year. And I'll tell you a little bit about it. So we, I'm a friend of Ryan's and come February, uh, he got the news that his kidney was failing. At just the age of 24, newly married, his kidney's failing. And it just rapidly started declining. His health started declining. And I know this is like a downer to start on, but has a hopeful ending. So we get this news and all of the friends around, like we prayed about it and we're like, hey, let's see if we could be a live donor. And so all of us apply all these different things. And when I got the application, I had no idea the work that went into potentially being a live donor. And it makes sense. Like if you think about it, like if you are selected, they're gonna cut you open, take out a major organ and give it to someone. That's a big deal. And so because it's a big deal, they ask a lot of questions. There's so much involved in the testing process to see if you're a match. Because if you think about it, how pointless would it be? How much unnecessary pain would you have to go through if whenever you hear, hey, yeah, my friend's kidney's failing, you're just like, take mine, just for them to open it up, try to give it to Ryan and to see that it wasn't a match. Like it would be pointless, it would be for nothing. And so they ask all of these really strategic questions. And out of the process, the longest part by far is what's called the consultation, where if you go further and further and your blood, your blood type's the same, all these different things, you sit down with all these medical professionals and they just drill you with questions, 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 medical history, your family's medical history, your family's family's medical history, your all these different intimate details of your life. They even check your mental state, all these different things. Why? All of the answers through process of elimination, through other cases, what these professionals are doing is determining based off of what this person says, will Ryan's body accept this kidney? Will they be a match? Why? Because like I said, there are major implications of this surgery and we wanna guarantee that these two people are the right match. So we wanna make sure we ask the right questions. I start there 
Because I think so many of us meet a person and because they're good looking, attractive, they make us feel butterflies inside, we don't ask any questions. We jump right into the deep end. We open up ourselves, give them our heart, all for what? Rejection, hurt, unnecessary pain that we still are experiencing the ramifications of the choice that we made to not make sure that, hey, am I asking the right questions? Am I doing the right pre-work before I jump into a relationship with this person? Am I asking the right questions, not according to my way, but to what God would have for me in a relationship? We don't do the hard work to make sure that this relationship would work in the way that God would want it. And the result is, is we jump in too soon, and because of that, heartbreak and pain. And so fellas, tonight, and ladies, I hope you are taking notes and you're listening just as well, because tonight we're gonna just go through, again, three questions that I think that God would have us ask before we jump into a relationship, before we even get into an exclusive dating relationship, before pursuing her, we ask these questions, hey, is she dateable? Is she a match? Is this what God would want for me? Not based off what I see or I feel, but according to his truth and his design. So, you ready to do it? Here we go. First question a guy should ask is, who currently has her heart? Who currently, as a single individual, has her heart? Before giving her your heart or before asking her to open up herself and to begin giving her heart to you, you should be able to answer right now as an individual, as an independent woman, who has her heart? What does she love? Who does she love? Does culture have her heart? Does any guy that will give her attention have her heart? Does her ex still have her heart? Does social media, gratification, people's perceptions of her, what has her heart? And I think we come to church and I'm gonna give you the answer, hey, her first love, the who behind who should have her heart as a single individual is Jesus Christ. And I think we hear that and we're like, yeah, of course, like I want her to be a Christian, I want her to love God, but really, you can tell if a person is about it or not. Real recognize real, all right? And you can tell if Jesus truly has her heart. And I don't mean that he's just a part of her life, but he's the point of her life. Jesus is her everything. Jesus gets all of her attention, all of her affections, all of her devotion. She pretty much doesn't even notice you noticing her because she's fixated on what Jesus has for her, not on you. Because he is her love. He has her heart in such a way that should gravitate your heart towards her. Paul says this, we read this all the time, talking about the season of singleness, which by the way, I hope that you're scoping out the women who are single. Uh, as single people, this is what Paul says should be true of them. 1 Corinthians 7, 25. I am saying all of this, he says all these things, for your own good, not to restrict you, like singleness isn't a restriction, but that you may live in a right way. What's the right way? In undivided devotion to the Lord. 
So when you ask yourself, hey, who has her heart? Another way, Paul's way of saying that is, does Jesus have an, her undivided devotion? Has she fully surrendered her life to him? And I think that so many of us were like, yeah, well, everyone, especially in Texas, like calls himself a Christian. Like, how can you know? And I just wanna talk about a little bit of what it looks like to know if a girl has given her heart fully to Jesus, not just with her mouth, but with her life. So how can you tell if Jesus has her heart? Well, how do you know if anything has anyone's heart? It's what they kind of obsess over. It's what they spend all their time talking about. It's what they spend all their time doing. As you're writing, I was thinking about, there's these two guys that lead here, they're awesome. But every time I talk to them here as of recent, I know the same topics tend to come up. Bitcoin. They're gonna talk about Bitcoin every single time. Or is it like Dogecoin? Is that what it is? Is that, what it's at? Is that right? Some of you? Okay, yeah, Dogecoin, I don't know. Yeah, but they're gonna talk about it and I'm gonna sit here and be like, mm-hmm, yeah, 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 I should totally invest, you're right. I have no idea what they're talking about, some cryptocurrency in the air that we all, like the world's going down and we should all invest. But the reason why is because they're investing in what they're obsessing over. And so many of us, we talk about and participate and enjoy and delight in the things that have our heart. And so does this girl, and by the way, those guys, they talk about Jesus all the time too. Yeah, he's, you know, they love Jesus. But so many times, like we talk about, we, we meet these people that they're all just talk, but you look at their life and there's nothing that reflects an actual change. The Bible says in Matthew chapter seven that you will recognize a tree by its fruits. Like you'll recognize a tree by its fruits. That a lot of time, uh, the spiritual walk, a life with Christ looks like, it, it uses like this illustration of like gardening or trees and roots. And once someone is rooted in an abiding relationship with Jesus, they water it, they do it in proper soil and out produces so much fruit in their life that their old life dies and goes away and a new life with Christ comes. And there's so much fruit. What does fruit, what do I mean by spiritual fruit? What does that look like? Galatians 5 verse 22 says, the fruit of the spirit or the fruit of a person who's given Jesus their heart are these things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When you look at this woman, what marks her life? What indicates what gets her attention and her affections? Do these things pour out of her? Like if you were to try to hit her up, is she probably busy because she's too busy being the church? She's too busy making disciples and meeting with girls. Like is she the type of girl that whenever vacations come around and she finally gets time off the work of work, she goes on mission trips because she wants to go and serve and talk about what Jesus has done in her life? Is she the type of girl that every time you get around her, you experience this just like, she's different. She's different. There's this calming peace to her. There's this joy about her in the midst of really hard circumstances. There's this story to her. There's this, there's this thing about her that doesn't look like the girls that you met out at the bar. Doesn't look like the girls that are constantly blowing you up on Instagram. She's steady. 
She's certain. She's confident. That looks like a woman whose heart has been given to Jesus. And I think a lot of times the reason why this is actually hard for us men, I'm gonna lean in just a little bit, a little pressure point on us men right here. I think why we actually don't want a girl who has given her undivided attention to Jesus is because that means that if she's giving him her everything, we only get some of her and we want it reversed. We want her to give us everything we want and to give some of herself to Jesus. And there's this contradiction that sure, you want a girl that when you bring her home to mom and dad who forced you to go to church growing up, she can talk the talk and say, yeah, I'm a Christian. But if she actually starts living Christ-like, that contradicts what you want out of the relationship. Because if she's actually all in with Jesus, maybe she doesn't want to sleep with you. If she's actually all in with Jesus, maybe she does want to go to church and want you to serve in the church. If she's all in with Jesus, maybe she actually is going to demand the respect that you lead her, that you serve her, that you listen, that you practice the things in God's word. Maybe if you find a girl who's actually all in with Jesus, that means that you have to be as well. And so, I just, you know, I'm just saying, make sure that when you are going after these women and you're looking across going, man, who is dateable? Who's about it? You're finding a woman who doesn't just call herself a Christian, but is living Christ-like because she has given her heart to Jesus. She is running the race. She is all out for the Lord. Next question we ask, if she's dateable, what dictates her value? What dictates her value? Well, first off, we need to answer just what dictates anyone's value. Like where does value come from? Where do we get our value? And the reality is the thing about value is what determines something's value is who created it or the inventor, the creator of that thing and what we're willing to pay for it. Over here, I thought talking about is she dateable, I'd bring out the Louis Vuitton. So when talking about LV, I found out from the girls on our team that pretty much everyone's got fake Louis Vuittons. That came to my surprise. And I was like, wait, what? You're a bunch of like fakers? I thought y'all had it like that. And so one of these is fake, okay? Let's call the big, big girl back here, number one. <laughs> little shoddy, number two. And uh, the princess with the little pink, number three, okay? So, big mama, the baddie, and the shoddy. Okay, here we go, whatever. <laughs> number one, number two, number three. Raise your hand on which one's fake. Here we go, is number one fake? Raise your hand. Some of you girls are like, trust me, I know, there's a difference. <laughs> You're like, the durability, especially in the rainy season, like, <laughs> quality, quality. Okay, number two. Okay, number three. Y'all, y'all thought it was number three because of this strap right here, isn't it? That's exactly why. I'm gonna be honest, I don't even know. I forgot, <laughs> but <laughs> the point, 
That is kind of the point, okay? All these bags look the same. I don't care who you are. You post, you post a picture in one of these and I'm like, she's, she's got it, she's bougie. And so, you know who wouldn't agree with me? There's a girl who owns all three of those bags and she wouldn't agree with me. She'd be like, those are not all the same. Why? One was made by a guy in a garage. The other two were made by Louis. And because Louis Vuitton made those bags, they're different. Also, the reason why I do not agree is because for one, I paid what, like $80, I guess, maybe? And the other two, I paid $1,800. She, I don't know actually what the cost is. I just, I Googled and it was expensive. It's way too much. And yeah, Jenna, if you're watching, don't get any ideas. And so I, the thing is, is she would say, no, no, two of those are of extreme more value because of who made it and what I paid for it. And when we're talking about a woman understanding her value, she needs to understand who created her and what he paid for her. Who created her? God. Was God, that's right. God, every week, I can count on this guy, okay? God, it's that kid in Sunday school, Jesus, every single time. God crafted and created woman with purpose, with a mission, with his heart with a unique design. And I thank God that he created women. But what's so amazing about that is because the God of the universe is your creator, that means that you have more value than you could ever comprehend. And not only did he create you, but he is so good that he created you distinctly in his image. Genesis 1:27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You are made in the image of God and the purpose of your life is to bear his image, to represent his image. That when you live, you're not living for yourself. You're living as a representative of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who is in love with you, who is obsessed with you, has given you so much purpose and that's where your value comes from. You're not just made up by random chance. You're not just here for some watered down version of life. You are a daughter of the king of kings. And men, you want a princess. You want someone who sees themselves as such. Because then when she understands her value, when she understands what she was put on earth to do, there is a confidence and an assurance about her that will change your life. That's why you shouldn't settle for anything less than a woman who understands who her father is, what she was made for. A woman who isn't obsessed with her own image, but being an image bearer. A woman who seeks to serve that God who created her. What's even more crazy is he did not stop at simply making man and woman in his image. But he paid an immense price to be with them forever. And apart from anything else, forget the dating crap, forget everything else, is she, is he, I don't care. What I want you to know is that God loved you so much that he saw the sin in your world and that while you were a sinner, he sent his son to pay the price that you and I could never pay. That our sin was gonna build up a more and more debt that would keep us further and further away from God. And God wanted to be with you so bad that he said, take 
my one and only son. This is, more, this is more worth than a bag. This is more worth than a car or a house or whatever you could buy in this world. This was his one and only son who came down to earth and God saw you as worth it for him to die on a cross for you. He bore stripes on his back. The Bible says, by his wounds, we are healed. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says that you were bought with a price which was the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross for you. And he died and they buried him. Three days later, he rose again, now claiming victory over sin. And so that you and I could be with God, our creator forever. And in light of that, it changes everything. It changes everything about our past, present and future. And no matter what you've done, if you do not have that relationship, if you have never understood the value that you are worth, the son of God, coming down and dying for you. You should not worry about any other relationship. You should stop looking for a man. Men, you should stop looking for women. You should look at Jesus. And you should do everything you can to establish that firm relationship and experience the abundant life that comes from it. No other relationship will meet and satisfy the longing and the needs of your soul like he can. And if you keep asking the question, is she dateable? Is he dateable? Is this, is that? And you're missing Jesus, nothing will work. Jesus is everything. He is the glue. He is the answer to the equation that everyone's asking. It's all about Jesus. Jesus came down to establish a relationship with you so that you could be in relationship with other people, but without him, impossible. So get that one right. And men, do not settle. You make sure you care for her enough to say, hey, I'm not gonna get into this with you. I'm not gonna, there's, no, there's nothing more important about this relationship than a relationship with God. And point her to where her value comes from, her creator and what he was willing to pay, the blood of his son. And if she knows that, you've got yourself a woman that is dateable. But the reality is, is, I think a lot of people, a lot of ladies, they like know in their minds that through the blood of Jesus, they're set free, but they don't live like it. They live so bound, so pent up, so afraid, so idle driven by fear of man or perception of others or need for control, perfectionism, an image-based reality. You wanna find someone who understands the power of the blood of Jesus and they live like it's true. Not just with their words, but with their life. Because the reality is, there are a lot of things that the world tells us make someone valuable other than Jesus. Like Jesus isn't like the ultimate, like here's where your worth is found. And so to understand where value is, you have to also understand where it is not. And I'm gonna specifically talk about, hey, I think these are two areas where women look to for value, but you're never gonna find it. And men, if they're searching for value in these things, she is not dateable. The first one, value is not found in looks. Value is not found in the outward. That's all in scripture. Value is not found in what other people think about you or what you think about yourself. And at a time where body celebration is so praised and so clapped for, 
Why is everyone so anxious and depressed? Why are they constantly looking at themselves in the mirror, wondering if they're enough? If it's worth celebrating, why internally am I not celebrating? Why am I still chasing, still striving for that affirmation? Because that's not where true value is found. First Peter three, verse three says this, do not let your adorning be external. So do not let the reason why people praise you or adore you be from anything on the outward. The braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable, it means it will not fade, the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Now for some of you strong women, I'm gonna address that, just give me a minute. They're like, what do you mean quiet? (laughs) Which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves. Here's what he means by quiet and gentle, just to get this really quick. It does not mean that women need to shut up and sit down. It does not mean that women are here to cook and clean and take care of the kids. It does not mean that, okay? However, what it does mean is when it says a woman who is quiet and gentle, this actually word, it it translates to tranquil, which also translates to a peaceful spirit. This same word was used to describe Jesus actually, which also tells me that this isn't gender specific, that this is a word used, (laughs) this is a word used to describe the image bearer of Jesus, you and I. Someone that is marked by peace. When you see them, you're not feeling like, oh my gosh, someone that's like constantly nagging, complaining, gossiping, well this, well that, and always stressed out, but simply composed and peaceful because they know Jesus, the author of peace, the prince of peace. That's what this is saying. But before we get to that, what it is not. Value is not found in the external. And fellas, you need to know And you need to be able to answer this question. Is she holy or is she just hot? Okay, is she holy or is she just hot? Because I think a lot of times attraction can be like drunk goggles that do not give us clear vision into the heart of a woman. The Bible says in Proverbs that charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is worthy of praise. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is fleeting. She might be smooth with her words. They might come off her lips like honeycomb. She might be able to whisper and do all these weird seductive things and make you feel some type of way. But what we're seeing here is none of that makes a girl dateable. None of that is what brings a girl value. And if you wanna know what a girl thinks about her outward appearance, go to her Instagram. Go to her Instagram. Her Instagram will tell you really quick if she idolizes her outward appearance. And I wanna address something. There's this thing I'm seeing leaking into Christian culture that I just, I haven't heard anyone talk about it. I'm gonna do it at the risk of, I don't know, tomatoes getting thrown at me. (laughs) There are girls that I go on Instagram, friends, that post pictures like this. Okay, the camera's over there, 
they're facing over here and I heard apparently you're supposed to like go on your toes or something and like the angle and everything. And the reality is there's a sunset over here that they're not even looking at. And the caption says, love God's creation. And all my brothers in Christ are like, I love God's creation too. They're not looking at the sun, they're looking at the moon. And so, but do you know what I do? They get three strikes, all right? And then they get unfollowed. Wanna know why? What do you want me to look at? No, I'm being for real. Ask yourself that. What, what do you want us to look at? Like, there's no other answer than the back of you. And you come to the porch time and time again and I hear, I hear you celebrating. It's not about physical attraction. Look at the heart. But I look at your Instagram and there's just this, it doesn't match up. I see your skin. I see things that as just your brother in Christ, I'm telling you what you post tells me about what you value and what you think your value comes from. It also tells me how much you value your brothers in Christ who are trying to live for Jesus. It matters. How you post matters. What you wear matters. Why does it matter? Because it's feeding something. It's feeding a false sense of where value and self-worth lies. And I know, I know the reason why you do it is because sadly, a lot of guys in this room and girls like it. And that tells you, oh look, I do this, I get attention, I get affirmation. And it, for a moment, fix your loneliness. For a moment, it, it allows you to forget about your singleness and the endorphins release when that post comes and all those girls saying, yes, queen, with those clapping emojis and they're saying all these different things, it makes you feel good. But if you treat yourself like bait and you dangle it up, the sharks will bite and you don't want sharks. That's not the kind of men you want, but it's what you're communicating with what you post. So I'll get off my soapbox, but First Peter here is saying, the external is not what makes a woman valuable, then what is it? If it's not if she's just hot or not, if, it's, if she's actually holy, what does it look like for a girl to be holy? He says in verse four, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Ladies, let me just say, like, you want that. You don't want a man who will look at you. You want someone that in God's sight is very precious. That when God looks at you, he's like, she gets it. She's focusing on her soul, not herself. She gets it. She gets that life is about me. And men, may we be men who do not feed and help the enemy in convincing women 
that they have to be both attend physically and spiritually and create these unrealistic expectations that keeps them chasing and chasing and chasing and striving and striving and striving. May we be men who does not celebrate and lead them to believe that it's about the outward, but be men who chase after the inside of a woman, the heart, her soul. The last thing we should be asking is, can she follow you? Can she follow you? As you, we talked about in the Izzy Datable, that the Bible tells us the roles of how Christ is the head of every man, and the man, the head of a woman, and the head of Christ is God. And so there's these roles we see, not ranks, these roles, whereas the man's responsibility, the opportunity to get to lead and servant lead his woman. But in order to do that, there are things that he must be for her to feel like he is worth following. He is worth respecting. But she has to be able to see the right things and be able to tell the right things. She is dateable if she's able to follow you. But first, you have to ask yourself, as the leader, I have to turn it back to the men for just a moment, you have to be able to ask yourself, and you and the community around you, a brother should be able to say, yeah, yeah, when I read this, you are that man. You are someone she can follow. Now, we don't know yet, everybody talk about if she actually can, but you are someone that is living for the Lord, that you are living this way, that we would happily send you to go and pursue a woman that is dateable. Because the reality is, is if you find a girl who hasn't given her heart to Jesus, who hasn't found her value in the blood of Jesus and the price paid for her, the reality is, is that she won't follow you, she's going to need you. She's going to like desperately need you to be the source of her life, the lifeline to her joy and satisfaction and significance. One of the most attractive things when I was, my, my fiance Jenna, when, we were, when I was assessing if I should ask her to be my girlfriend, we went to this coffee, we were talking, and I was just asking her questions to see who is this girl right now? Like, is she an individual who understands her role as a daughter of the king? Or is she looking to me to be her only kind of spiritual connection to God? And she said this line that when she said it, I literally was like, marry me right now. She said this, she said, here's what I think. I think a lot of people, they idolize relationships. And I know that God wants us to be in a relationship and I know that marriage is a good thing, but so many people around me, they're just so obsessed with idolizing relationships. And that tells her that they're not living as if Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Because here's what I know, JD. And I just met this girl, okay? I'm like, okay, keep going, I'm listening. She says, JD, I one day, if I die or if Jesus returns, I'm gonna stand before my creator. And he is not gonna say, well done, my good and faithful married person to JD or to this person. He's gonna say, well done, my good and faithful Jenna. At least that's what I hope he's gonna say. I'm on a mission for Jesus to look at me and say, well done, my good and faithful Jenna. I don't need a relationship because I'm on mission for Jesus. She understood the relationship and the opportunity she had with God. And when a woman understands what it's like to fully follow Jesus, 
it makes it that much easier for her to identify how to follow you and to keep following Jesus. What I loved about that statement from her is that that showed me that I did not, I did not feel responsible to ignite her flame for Christ. I simply now was given the responsibility to just fan it. I got to fan her dreams. I got to uh, encourage, I get to encourage her hopes for her ministry and the women around her and the passions that she has. Why? Because she's following Jesus. She doesn't need me. She has a real relationship with him all on her own. And so it's really important that as I'm about to read this and wrap up, we understand what it looks like to have roles as individuals, but then roles in a relationship with one another. And like I said, we always say, like the Bible doesn't talk about dating. However, we believe that dating is a destination that leads to a promise, which is marriage. The Bible is full about helpful things about God's design for marriage. And so we oftentimes pull from that to tell us how we should date to align with what God would have for us for marriage. And if you've been to a wedding, you've heard the pastor read probably from Ephesians 5. He says this, verse 21. I want you to first acknowledge this. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives and husbands. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish." Go to verse 33, it says, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. I know that this passage mentions the S word that we don't like, submit. There's a bad connotation on this word submission, but it's actually a really beautiful thing when you take time, I don't have time to go into it right now, but when you take time to see how like intricate and the details God is about the way that he designed the relationship between man and woman and husband and wife, to exemplify and to parallel with his relationship with us, with Jesus with us, with the church. It's, it is just amazing, it's masterful. And I would encourage you to really get down and learn what it looks like to understand your role in a relationship. But part of the woman's role we see here very plainly is that she is called to follow and respect the man as the leader of the household. It does not mean she's less than, that she gets the opportunity to follow the man. And you have to ask yourself, like I said, men, are you someone worth following? But is she someone who knows how to follow you? Or are you compromising? Are you settling? Are you looking for someone and convincing yourself that, yeah, she'll know how to like be in a relationship with God and all these different things and trying to convince yourself of something that's not a reality? Because if she is not ready to follow you, you both will end up being hurt and losing in the end. David had mentioned an illustration that he had heard before where there was this amazing race, um, marriage edition, husband and wife. And when you watch the race, as they would come, you know, they're married, they're so in love, they haven't seen each other, they've gone through all these hard things, these different obstacles, and they get up to each other, high five, go. They don't stop and be like, so how was your time? Like, how was this? How was that? Like, look into each other's eyes, engage in an intimate moment. No, why? Because they were on a mission. 
They were on a mission, they were on a destination to win, to claim victory as a couple together. You wanna look for someone who is on mission with you. A, 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 a woman that knows what it looks like to follow you, but more importantly, to follow Jesus with you. So just ask yourself, is she on the same page as you when it comes to the vision of the covenant of marriage? That is a, an everlasting covenant, that divorce is not an option. The divorce is not even in the category, it's not in the picture. Does she understand what you want to lead in a marriage? Does she understand that you have the desire, hopefully, to make disciples in your home? That the church is us and we have a responsibility to invite people in, to show hospitality? Or does she wanna be one of those couples that once you get married, we all know, we have those people that once they got married, you never saw them again, it just bounced. But the ministry does not stop. The end goal is not marriage. If the end goal for her is marriage, what a sad life after your 20s. Like if that's all that, if, if that's everything, is marriage, like once I get married, my life's set. That's gonna, I mean, the guy's gonna let you down real quick. You're gonna be like, this is it? This is all I, this is all I planned for? You want someone who is ready to run the amazing race with Jesus with you on mission together. A woman who understands that, hey, life is not about us. Life is about serving others. It's not about building our own kingdom. It's about building God's kingdom. It's not about posting and building our own love story and sharing it with the world. It's about telling the world of the greatest love story to ever exist, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you a leader worth following? And is she able to follow you? And are you both able to follow Jesus in this amazing race called life, a life with him. I'll close with this. I know that I got this feedback from some girls. If you go to the comments on YouTube or coming down up front after the last message on is he dateable, they were like, this is all nice in theory. And when I write it down in my journal, but then I walk out and I'm like, these guys don't exist. First to that, I would say, that's not true. They exist, they exist. Be patient, they exist. But then also to that, I know that guys, you could be feeling the same thing right now. That like, man, do girls like this really exist? Or do relationships like this really exist? Could I be a man like this who really exists? Could God really provide something like this? Because I think that some of you are not convinced that you are worthy of a love life like this. And I will tell you something. Jesus rewrites history. He takes everything about your past and he redeems it. He changes it. He makes you new. No matter how many people you've slept with, no matter how, no matter how many images you've looked at, no matter how many relationships have ended poorly, how many times you've cheated on. And guys, I know, I know there are many of you that are okay with just friends with benefits and hooking up every weekend because you've tried to emotionally connect with a girl before and she hurt you, she cheated on you, she left you when things got hard or she just got bored with you. And I know since then you made the decision, like I'm kind of out on that, maybe when I'm like, maybe way later in life. But Jesus rewrites history. His love for you can change the way that you love others the way that you experience love 
and intimacy with others. And I know for some of you girls, you might be like, check, 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 I'm dateable, where are they? Let's just be real. I mean, some of you are like, hello, beep, beep, can I get a neon sign? I would say to you, be patient. Be patient and have perspective. Never lose perspective on all that you have available to you in your already abiding relationship with Jesus. It's enough, even when it doesn't feel like it. Even in those lonely hours, I've been there, it's enough. And trust me, you don't wanna settle. You'd rather be 40 and single than 40 and miserable in a relationship with someone that wasn't putting in the work to be this kind of person. Ladies, if this isn't you, it's worth it. Let Jesus begin to change your life and be a girl who has given her heart to Jesus, not just with her words, but with her life. A girl who understands her value, that she was created by the God of the universe, bought with a price by the blood of his son. And a girl who understands what it looks like to follow a man after God's own heart. You can do it. I know it's hard. I know it might seem unrealistic, but you can do it. Um, after three months of testing and questioning, we found out that I indeed am the match uh, for Ryan Michael's kidney. And I get, I get to give my kidney to Ryan in two weeks from today, which is just unbelievable. I'm, and I don't say that to be like, oh my God, like please do not come down here and say that's so awesome. Don't, that's not why I'm sharing this. I'm sharing this because in that picture, we were super happy, but there were months of despair. Ryan on dialysis, Ryan and his wife crying to me, Ryan in ICU, suffering on suffering on suffering. But you know what made that moment so joyful and so exciting? When I got that call and they said, Mr. Rogers, you are a match. I stood up, I began to scream, why? Because I knew that they were right because they did so much work to know that they know that they know that I was a match for Ryan. There was not a doubt in my mind, not a question in my mind because we put in so much work to make sure that when I go and they give my kidney to Ryan, his body would be able to accept it because they have put in so much work, asked all the right questions. And I would say to you, it's the same way. When you are in a relationship, it should feel so right. Joy should come out of it. Love should come out of it. Peace, not chaos, excitement for what God is doing and the story that he's writing in your life. That should be what you're experiencing if it's marked by someone who is truly dateable God's way but you only know that if you're willing to go through the hard work, asking the right questions, making the right changes in your life to say, I will not date how culture tells me to date. I will not settle for anyone who does not understand their value and worth from Jesus. I will do this the right way. And if you will, you will experience life on mission. You will experience life in an amazing way according to what God designed. That's what he wants from you anything else you're settling, but there's better because of Jesus. This is possible.
And I want it to be possible for every person in this room, whether single, dating, engaged, married, whatever stage, you understand where your worth comes from and it changes the way you live your life. I hope that every person in here is dateable, not because of the way they look or act or because they do the right things, because they've given their life to Jesus. Let's pray. God, we just, I know a talk like this can uh, potentially bring forth shame and guilt. And right now, God, I ask that you would remove that. You are not a God of shame, but of love and of peace, of mercy. If there's someone right now who feels uncomfortable, would you wrap them up in your love? If there's someone right now in a relationship that is heading down a path towards destruction and devastation, would you bring clarity right now that they would end that relationship and be committed to the right relationship with you? I pray against the rising rates of divorce on this generation. I pray that this generation will be marked by people who say we will do the work necessary to be different. We will do the work necessary to make sure that we pursue and honor and love our brothers and sisters the way that God calls us to, trusting that it's better despite that what we feel or what we think or anything else, we trust that it's better because God, you said it's better. I pray God that heartbreak would diminish, cheating would stop, that disciples would be made that generations on generations on generations are impacted because we made a stand to be different. Not on our own strength, not on our own good deeds or our own performance, but because we are people who are marked by Jesus and because we trust him with our lives. We trust him with our relationships. Come and do your work. Speak to us now as we respond in worship. In that I pray, amen.